You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning. Welcome to the show. It is Friday, the 14th of October. If I sound in a chipper mood, it's because I am. It's because it's the eve of Kipco British Champions Day, the great flat season finale at Ascot in the UK. Sometimes a rather soggy affair. Might be a shade on the damp side tomorrow afternoon, but we're hoping the ground will dry out between now and the event itself and the, all the stars that have been declared for the six races stand their ground. Rishi Posada stood his ground to be on this podcast this morning. Rishi, good morning. Let's just start with the obvious and ask, is Baid's final test his toughest one? I believe so, Nick. I really do. I think uh, it's dangerous. To, not that people will underestimate Adiyar, but it's dangerous to think that a horse who uh, has won the Derby and the King George is going to be easily brushed aside, even if you're Baid. I think Adiyar needs to be respected for the fact that at his best, he was a very good Derby winner uh, who followed up in an all-age Group 1 in the summer. That was brilliant. Uh, perhaps his record slightly tainted by the fact that he finished well-beaten at Ascot last year behind Sealaway. But that came just, what was it, less than two weeks after his fair run in the arc, where he was a bit keen in the early stages. He ran pretty well behind uh, Torquato Tasso when he was fourth. He's come back, I thought, with a really smooth and classy win. I know it's a small run of field, but he beat Masakela easily, very easily at Doncaster. And they skipped, just like Baid, they skipped the arc as well. They made the right decision, the Godolphin team, Charlie Appleby, to go for the champion stakes. Because I don't think he would have enjoyed that really heavy ground or that very, very uh, soft ground at Longchamp. And I think that if you think about Adair at his absolute best, it is a serious test. The biggest test of Baid's career, I feel. But that, of course, presupposes that Adair is A, at his best, and is B, capable of producing a career best. But would you would you also concede to me that Baid would have to run significantly below form to be beaten? Well, the official rating suggests that there's eight pounds between Baid and Adiyar. So yes, even if Adiyar were to run to his best as deemed by the handicapper uh, and Baid ran seven pounds below his best, it's enough to win. Uh, but I don't think... I don't think that Adeyar is only uh, where he is in the ratings. I think that he's better than that. I think we can rule out his finish of last season. It's possible he may have improved as well, Nick. We just don't know yet. We just don't know whether Adeyar improved at the end of last season. He's a massive horse. If you looked at him as an individual, ignoring his record on the racetrack and ignoring his issues, you'd look at this horse and you'd say, oh, as he gets older, he's going to get stronger and he's going to get better. So there is that element to play into your your race uh, selections on on Saturday, and I, I think it's it's potentially an excellent clash. I, I think you and I spoke about this before, also about the way William Buick may want to ride Adair in order to draw the sting out of Baid's turn of foot. Perhaps that will be fascinating if he presses the button turning before turning into the straight, stretching Adair Baid out, and Baid has to go and catch him. It might prove to be a, a, a fantastic finish. You don't know. But I, I believe that Adeyar, um 
might be, well, I, not might be, I'll take away the might. I think Adyar is going to provide Bayed with the toughest test of his career. Right. So you've answered the question nicely. I'm going to bring York's international stakes, Judmont international stakes, onto the table as evidence as well. Substitute mm-hmm. Adyar for Mishrif. I'm not saying they're the same horse. I'm not saying they're mm-hmm. the same, same rate of development. I'm not saying they're the same stage of their careers. But exactly the same arguments were being put forward. You know, a hundred percent horse with proven form at the course, very high class horse, boldly ridden, draw the sting, and yeah. neutralize Bade's turn of foot. It didn't happen. Bade did it even easier. He just glided round. And it's probably what's going to happen. It is probably what's going to happen. Oh, now don't climb. Don't climb down now. I'm not going to climb down. I, I, st- I genuinely think Adair is going to make Bayed have to stretch. Um, I, I believe that the way the race is going to be run, uh, I believe that William Buick will be in a position to force things. I mean, don't forget, you know, the way he rode him in the King George at Ascot uh, when he won was aggressive and he, he pushed the button some way out and he ended up outstaying Mishrif in the closing stages. I, I suspect they'll try and do something similar here. Um, and I think... I, I think it's going to be more of a test for Bailly to go and pick up Adiyar than it was Mishrif at York, primarily because I think Adiyar potentially has improved and already is a high-class horse and the King George and, and, and Derby winner is enough respect. But also, I, I get this, the, the impression, judged by the smooth... And I know it's just Doncaster, but you have to go on the impressions in the sport of racing as much as anything else. And the impression is that it's Adiyar has returned, is in as good form, if not better, than what we saw in the height of the summer last year. And he's fresh at the end of the season. <laughs> and Ascot will suit him better. <laughs> Ascot will suit him better than Mishrif at York. I, I think this is a good challenge. All right, I'm four, excited. I don't want to miss it. Four's on and, one, and, four's on and, and four to one. I think we know where your money's going. <laughs> I've got two other points. It went already. I already, I backed Addy our age to go for this race, so um, um, it's nothing, nothing fresh there. I, I tell you what, when Bay Bridge comes to beat them both, and you've, <laughs> you, you've turned your back on the great, on the great Sust out, you'll well, be, you'll, 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 you'll be weeping. Well, as, hang on, wait. I'm, as you head your luxury, <laughs> as you head your luxury SUV out of the Ascot car park, <laughs> you'd probably have blocked me in because you'd you'd have got there after me, lucky. And uh, you're you're doing the afternoon for racing TV. I'm doing the morning, so that's that's always a danger. Uh, I, I'm sure Bay Bridge is going to run well. I just don't think he's quite up to Bayed or Adiar, but I, I'd forget the run um, last time in the Eclipse. So clearly, not, something was wrong, um, and I'm sure he'll run much better. I'm sure he'll run much better. All right, two points. Um, I, two, I two, two more points I want to slide um, in your direction before we before we close on this. First is the draw. Baid is in store one. Yeah. Now, I, I think this horse will just go and win. But if I don't think Jim Crowley will want to sit so far back from store one that there's chances of him getting into bother and then having to wheel the field and, yep. and getting himself unlucky. So I, surely he's going to want to sit a little bit closer. So, so... His stamina will be properly tested, but you know we, yeah. know, we saw what he did at York. Um, yeah. So that's one point to note, I would say. Saw one's not the most straightforward draw for him. No, the only thing I'm looking at was the fact that Stone Age is likely to go on, as he has done for the majority of his career. And he's in three. Um, I'm expecting Stone Age to go forward and Baid, who's in one, because of his natural speed, he can sit 
handy enough, but have a, a ground-saving trip down on the rail or on the inside of Stone Age. Um, and I expect William Buick from six to go and sit maybe, you know, one off the shoulder of the, or just off the, the hindquarters of the leader and be in a position to strike early. That's how I'm envisaging it all. Yeah, that, I mean, that's uh, that would be my guess. Uh, the other question I wanted to ask, and we discussed this, why wouldn't you run a pacemaker? Mm. It's, a fair, it's a very fair question. If yeah. you're Godolphin, you've only got about 40 horses to choose from. I mean, they ran a pacemaker yeah. for him in a three-runner race at, at Doncaster. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a very good question. Um... It's, it's become very unfashionable, hasn't it? Well, it has. I mean, just... Uh, um... Faid Sire never needed a pacemaker, um, see the stars, but then he did have Aidan O'Brien uh, to to help him with his. Well, no, I'm, his, I'm thinking, why why wouldn't you run a pacemaker for Adair to ensure oh, no, no, that the gallop no, is of, incredibly of strong? That, I'm thinking of a horse that you know who obviously was brilliant and he didn't need it, but I, I, I I'd imagine that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, I don't think it's going to make a difference to the race because I suspect Stone Age is going to go that fast, and perhaps they've they've considered the options and they thought, well, if Aiden declares Stone Age, then he's likely to go off as he has done out in front, and we'll use him. Um, alternatively, you know, Adar can can go on. Maybe they're oh. thinking of that. We're trying to just tie up a few of the themes we've been talking about. First of all, Baid and the whole. At Shadwell angle here and second the the use of pacemakers in top class races there is no better person to talk to than Richard Hills still incredibly closely involved with Shaker Hisser in the Hamdan operation but also for many many years the stable jockey to Sheikh Hamdan Al Maktoum and somebody who prior to his role as stable jockey was often riding uh, Shadwell pacemakers in big races on at least two occasions to devastating and surprising effect, one of which was on this day on a on a horse called Maroof. But that's another story, Richard. I I want to talk first of all about about Baid himself and about this day. I think it's very difficult for a lot of people close to this horse to really to to really talk about about tomorrow because it, it's just almost too much. I'm sure I'm sure you can you can probably give us a bit of a bit a bit of perspective, can't you? And just sort of see the wood for the trees a bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we're so proud of him, what he's achieved, and uh, it's been a privilege to be part of it. Um, but, you know, tomorrow's, you know, the sort of final hurrah, so to speak. Um, and there's obviously going to be a lot of mixed emotion as well as a lot of pride. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you the same question I asked Richie a few moments ago. In your opinion, is this Baid's hardest test on on paper? Is this is this the highest bar that he's going to have to jump over? Yes, I think it is. I mean, obviously, uh, he he's proven that you know a mile a quarter is no problem. What he did at York, but you know tomorrow it's going to be soft ground. It's going to be on a track that is a stiff track, and we're taking on a Derby winner plus. King George winner um so yeah I think it will be his, his toughest task and the irony's not lost on me that the same group of us that were talking to William Haggis about trying to run him in the arc or you know geeing geeing shake a hisser up to to have a crack at the arc are the, are the same people who are now saying well might he get out stayed over a mile and a quarter at Asker it's memories are very short in this game aren't they yeah they are um but you know Asker's different 
than um, than Longshong. I mean, that was a mile and a half with two false straights, which you know he's only ever encountered one one false straight in his life. Um, so tomorrow, we I think we got the perfect draw. Um, drawn one, um, Jim can just you know he can settle him, which is important just to knock him off. Um, he has been getting stronger in his work. Um, I rode him myself, and obviously my twin brother Michael rides him regularly, and he's he he has become more in your hands. You know he's a fast horse, but he switches off beautifully, and I think Jim can get in a nice rhythm. And if we can, and he produced that turn of foot which he did at um, York, obviously on softest ground, which he's encountered before. So you know all systems are go really. You know. That's an interesting point about you saying he's getting stronger in his work and, and more and more in your hands. Would do you think that's just him developing and strengthening, getting faster, or is that because he has had quite a while since his last run? Because he had quite a while since his last run, and this horse, believe it or not, is absolutely thriving. Um, I when I counted him down to do a bit of work two weeks ago halfway down the canter going just a hack he just jumped to the air and did this massive buck i mean he just like exploded um and he's he's become more and more uh he's got that energy which he really does need to release uh, we were talking about pacemakers and why nobody runs well i think nobody they've gone out of fashion haven't they and, and you compared to when you were riding first for Sheikh Hamdan, and then in your in your later days, even as first jockey, they were just kind of part of the furniture. Hundred percent. I mean, Sheikh Hamdan, he he loved. You know, we grew up having pacemakers. Um, obviously, you know, <clears throat> if you lie to, we've been successful with it. And and I dare say, if he was still alive, we may have used a pacemaker. Um, but it's tended to go out of fashion. Um, the last sort of eighteen months, for whatever reason or not, but. You know, it's. I think pacemakers are important, providing they're done properly. Yeah, and, and within the rules, of course. And and I, I don't I remember you getting too much trouble because you won. To, you won two very big races on on pacemakers. Was it Maroof and Summoner? Didn't you win on both of those? Both of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got lucky. <laughs> well, some might say lucky. Some might say um, very very tactically assured. Um, just in terms of the the day as a whole tomorrow um i'm sure you can you can empathize and identify with exactly what this is going to mean not just to shake a hiss but to all of all of william haggis's team yeah i mean look you know it's going to be important because um we don't want him to get beat you know we want him to retire you know unbeaten um so that pressure is there um plus we need the horse you know we want him to prove it you know himself again um, and as I said earlier, you know, he's in great form. William's team, and they've done a fantastic job literally from day one with this horse. Um, but, you know, he's been good. He's, he's hardly ever seen a vet in his life, which is not always uh, the case with a lot of thoroughbreds. Um, so he's a tough horse and resilient, um, and it would be the perfect ending. Leave it there, Richard. Thanks so much. Nick, thanks very much. It's clearly an absorbing race, even if ultimately the result is dead straightforward and by stretches his uh, unbeaten and completed record to a perfect 11 for 11 and i think there's many of you who will uh, who will desire yes. that unless um like rishi and perhaps others of you you steamed into to add ar baybridge or any of the others and full marks to, to william haggis for running running horses against baid here in in my prospero and last yeah. year's runner up at dubai honor but every penny counts rishi 
in the Trainers' Championship. And it's either going to be a, a glorious drive home or a very long one for him, I think. Well, it will it will be if, if Bay gets beat. Um, primarily, I imagine, regardless of the championship, because I, I, you know, every, every sentiment that has emerged from William Maureen Haggis and the team has been how much they would want Bay to finish with, with victory. It would be, it, I imagine it would be heartbreaking for the team were he to be beaten on Saturday. Um, but yes, it will have a significant impact on the trainers' title. In fact, through the card, there's some significant race. I mean, you know, you you mentioned early on on the pod, on on the podcast about modern games potentially running in the QE2, and here he is lining up for the QE2. And I wonder if if the trainers' championship wasn't a factor, whether modern games would have been here. You know, because looking at his his record and the way he's he's run out in. Uh, North America. It just seemed the perfect fit to run last time out and then just head straight to straight to, to Keeneland. So the Trainers Championship has clearly played a significant part in in the lineup for, for Champions Day. John and Thady Gosden are finishing strongly. I don't think strongly enough to get a hand in this because they're still 800 grand behind. But I think there'll be a sense of disappointment if, if Inspiral doesn't win the Queen Elizabeth II, even against modern games on a, on a track that ought to suit her very well. Yeah, I think Inspiral at her best uh, is is the winner of the race. Um, and I suspect that she will. I mean, she's had a, a nice break since her, her last run. Um, I, I think she's she's going to be hard to beat. This, her, her turn of foot is, is extremely potent. Um, and of course, that also brings into play Frankel. Uh, in the size title as well, you know, in Spiral and obviously um, Adar uh, against Baid and, and there are others as well. It, there, there are a number of things to play for on Champions Day. Um, I quite like I quite like the idea. Of well, the on, getting on, on that point, on that on that point, Rish, you, the the QE two is an absolute key race for the the size title in Spiral by by Frankel and Modern yeah. Games and let's not forget the Revenant. The Revenant, yeah. Both, well, both... I, and I, I I like the Revenant. I, I, both by Dubois, exactly. Modern games and uh, and the Revenant by Dubois. I, I think I, I do like the Revenant uh, in the race. Uh, um, I thought it was a it was a nice run last time behind Erevan. Uh, I don't think he was given the hardest ride to to get there, but he, enough to to get him ready for this run. It's been a tried and trusted formula to run on uh, Art Weekend and then come come to uh, Champions Day. I, I think uh, Ryan Moore has been booked. Um, Francis Henri Graffard has a big day ahead of him as well. Yeah. Uh, not only obviously the Revenant, but he's he's said a lot about very elegant. She's going to have one more go, one more go. I remember being in the paddock at Longchamp after she got uh, beaten on on uh, Arc Day, and um, they they were pretty adamant uh, that she she deserved one more go in in Europe to prove the the class of horse that she is. And I would rule out the last run. She just never, never settled properly. And then when she was pulled out, it was late. She got hampered. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if she she put in a big run with Mikel Barcelona riding. All right. Well, very elegant owner is Bray Sokolsky. He's over in the UK now. Um, and he's actually on the Newmarket Gallops. Would you believe it? With William Haggis. I, I swore I wouldn't bother William Haggis today, but I'm sort of bothering him by proxy, Bray. I'm sure he's delighted about that. <laughs> Yes, he's uh, just on my left-hand side and uh, we're just about to uh, watch Bayeed uh, do his final light, uh, light gallop uh, before uh, before Saturday. So, oh, my, uh, my, ti- my timing's absolutely impeccable, isn't it? It is. Uh, it's an absolute privilege to be out here, by the way, Nick. I mean, this is the, um, 
the essence of what horse racing is about being a new market. Um, so uh, for an Aussie um, coming here, uh, you really get a sense of, of history. Our industry is relatively new by comparison, but um, yeah, this is basically where it all began. Well, I, I don't want to disturb you too much because you're about to watch something a bit special, but just tell me a little bit about your mare, Very Elegant, and um, and tomorrow and how you feel about it all. Yeah, well, I'm a little bit reticent um, given, you know, what's transpired um, and I've had my confidence dented, um, not in her, um, but just, I guess, in, in this sojourn and uh, starting to question whether it was meant to be given sort of how much bad luck would have encountered um, in her preparation. Um, but the horse is in fabulous order and Francis Graffard is adamant um, that, you know, she's peaking, um, which to me uh, resonates because, you know, the deeper she gets into her preparation, traditionally the better she gets. Um, and I just want to make sure that there's enough, to, you know, have enough tempo in the race and for her to, um, to have a, an opportunity um, so we actually do understand where she's at. Uh, I do feel like the race profile is much better for her on Saturday um, and they're, they're, by all rights, should be very good speed in the race and hopefully she can sit off them and, um, and you know, show uh, Europe what, what we know, which is she's an elite stayer and she should be very competitive. And a win, lose or draw, is, is this going to be her, her final run? No, no, not at all, Nick. Like... You know, because of Southern Hemisphere time, um, which we're working on, she, um, you know, we'd only retire by being forced to um, because we sort of already missed the, the breeding season uh, now. So um, if she does run well, there's no reason why we wouldn't um, persevere and, and race her until the end of, uh, of this racing season um, and, then, and then bring her back home. Um, so... Fingers crossed that she performs and uh, we can continue on with her. But at a minimum, I wanted to be here uh, because if, obviously if she fails, um, that will be the last hurrah um, and, um, and we'll retire her because you know, we're very conscious, obviously, of protecting her legacy. And I know you've been doing a tour of some of the stud farms as well. Was that with, with potential suitors in mind? Uh, oh, I did... Uh, I did uh, particularly look at uh, uh, Frankel um, and Kingman and Dubawi with interest because they would be three stallions that would be high in our considerations. Um, we can obviously have this served by Southern Hemisphere time with those um, with those stallions. So um, yeah, we're very keen to look at them and obviously suitably impressed, uh, particularly by Frankel having having never laid eyes on him in the flesh. Uh, incredibly imposing and impressive individual um so uh yeah we'll be spoiled for choice if we do decide to retire and send her to one of the sort of elite stallions standing here um you've you've not missed Baid, have you uh no i haven't missed Baid. um so uh I'm, you know once again you know it, it's obviously first and foremost about very elegant but wow what a uh um what a bonus uh, to be able to uh, to see Baid in the flesh and um, and be part of uh, the day when you know he has his final start. Um, so that's also special in itself. Um, so yeah, feel feel very very privileged to be here, Nick, and be part of it. Well, Bray, I feel like we've got closer to the great horse than I thought we were going to this morning. Thanks so much for for your company, and look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Cheers, Nick. Thanks so much. Look forward to it.
in the other races, the the sprint, the stairs, the fillies and mares, any strong fancy, strong views? Uh, just to give everybody a, a quick pricey, the, the long distance cup features Trushan, past mm. runaway winner and the highest rated stay, 123, trained in Great Britain. Kiprios isn't here, but his stable companion Waterville is. The ledger winner, Elder Elderov, Coltrane and Quickthorn at bigger prices and, and Trawler Man. Um, who do you like there? I'm going to take on Trushan again, Nick. I, I'm just going to throw something in the mix and you can probably tell me your own thoughts. He's had a, a few hard races this season and obviously he carried all that weight at, at Newcastle. Uh, then he had a hard race at Goodwood. And last time at, uh, at Doncaster, I just wondered about him just thinking about it ever so slightly. And I know it's harsh to say that about a horse who's had the record that he has. But he had a few hard races and he... He just wandered around a little bit under pressure from Holly Doyle at Doncaster. So I, I just wonder if those hard races might be having a little bit of effect on him. Well, well I'm, Ho I'm... Holly Doyle said that, didn't she? I saw her interviewed on, on Sky Sports Racing uh, yesterday, right. and she, okay. she said she wondered whether the effects of the Goodwood race were le leaving a slight mark mm. when he went to Doncaster. And, and when, he, when he came under pressure, uh, he, she asked him for maximum effort. He just lugged a little bit to the right and then went left again. So, yeah, uh, that's enough to, to put me off a horse that's as short as he is, admittedly, with the record that he's got. So I'll, I'll take him on. I'm happy to take him on with Eldar Eldarov. I thought, you know, really strong performance in, in the ledger. Not the strongest ledger, I think, but um, his record is exemplary. Even the run where he was beaten uh, in France wasn't a bad effort. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to, to go with the three-year-old getting nine pounds from the older horses. And in the, the sprint creative force and naval crown who was second and first for godolphin respectively another big race for charlie appleby this in the diamond jubilee at ascot take on rohan we heard from rohan's rider adam kirby yes sir, who was fascinating about adar as well of course he yeah. rode to win the derby um i i think rohan should just be favorite he's got such a great record here he has got a, an outstanding record at ascot um just watching how the, the, the horses are drawn, and there's plenty of pace high. Um, I suspect that they're going to take them on. It's going to end up coming down the stand side. Um, and I'm wondering, obviously, Rohan is six. He's a holding force anyway. Uh, he, is a, he is a massive, massive player. I think creative force, though, this has been the race that has, has been his target all season. And I think he's almost been, uh, you know, his runs in, at Ascot and at Royal Ascot and the July Cup have just been bonuses because this is the race I'm sure that um, they wanted to, to target again and I, I think his, his preparation for the race all geared around this one and I, I can't see him not being close to winning I, I'm, I'm creative force fan and the big question in the Kipco British Champions Phillies and Mares race is whether Emily Upjohn can return to the the sort of form that saw her finish a uh, luckless I think it would be fair to say second in the yeah. Oaks uh, she's got a hood on for the first time. I'm not quite sure whether to be encouraged or discouraged by that <laughs> after her antics in the King George. They obviously think that what happened in the King George when she was rank keen is an issue, as an in inherent issue with her rather yeah. than an aberration on the day because she'd had a few runs or whatever. It's a bit of a worry to me that there's a hood on her. Yeah, uh, it is a concern. The fact that they have uh, deemed it necessary for a hood is a little bit of an issue. Um but you also highlighted the fact that at her best, you know, she's a, a luckless runner-up in the Oaks. She should have won that. Um, and she's clearly a very, very good filly. But uh, there is enough of a question mark about her um, because she raced so keenly in the early part of the, of the King George. So, And she hasn't run as well for since the King George. So she's fresh. So that's a, a little bit of a question mark. Her stable companion, 
at Mimikyu, I thought, ran brilliantly and has improved a lot. She had excuses when she was beaten two starts back. Um, but, of course, she probably outstayed Ashada, last year's winner, who's who's back to try and repeat uh, her win in the race. Um, and I, I thought Ashada travelled like the best horse in the race before getting outstayed. But again, <laughs> I'm going to take a chance on a, on a three-year-old in that race. I, I've been a fan of Stay Alert all season long. All season you, long. You, and me, you, me, and Jane Mangan, we're all, we're all on the Stay Alert bandwagon. Well, she's only had one run at a mile and a half. And she was, well, we can rule that run out. That was the Haydock run where things were just awry and, and forget that. Last time out, you know, she trapped in that pocket. She got out late. She's got some turn of foot. And, and that's been, she's been showing that over a mile and a quarter, mile and three. Um, a mile and a half, I think, uh, at Asker is right up her street. Uh, David Egan obviously knows her now. I, I, I'm uh, pretty keen on stay alert in that race. I think Ross Carberry is the other one at a big price that might be quite interesting there coming back in trip to a mile and a half. I think it's going to suit her the way she travelled in the Irish St. Ledger. Right, let's just take you through tomorrow's big races from a thoroughbred racing commentary global horse rankings perspective. I'll give you the, the global top 10 because we haven't had a little update for a while. Actually, I'll, I'll go from 11 because 11 includes uh, Highfield Princess who is bound for the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint won her last three Group 1 races. And just above her is a wonderful sprinter from the United States, uh, bound for the Breeders' Cup Sprint himself, Jackie's Warrior on the dirt, of course. Nine is Animo, who's been brilliant in Australia, latterly, for, for Godolphin. Eight is Jack Christopher for, for Chad Brown. Will he run in the dirt mile or the sprint at the Breeders' Cup will be the question. Seven epicenter, well, no doubt he'll go to the Breeders' Cup Classic. A brilliant winner of the Travis Stakes at Saratoga. Steve Asmussen giving a positive bulletin to me last weekend about him. Six is the arc heroine Alpinista. Looks as though she'll go to Japan for the Japan Cup. We spoke to her owner breeder, Kirsten Rousing, earlier in the week. Five is Nature Strip. Good to see him back in winning action and working very well the other day uh, in the build-up to the Everest tomorrow. Four is Life is Good, who won at uh, Belmont Aqueduct just a couple of weeks ago, his final prep for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Three is Kiprios. This has caused a bit of contention, but he was so dominant in the Prix de Cadran, having mopped up all the big staying prizes, the Gold Cup, the Goodwood Cup, the Irish St. Ledger earlier in the season. And that kind of agglomerated excellence is what these rankings tend to reward. Two is Flightline, and one is Baid. And that could change even if they both win their final starts because there's really not much between them and if Baid scrambled home and Flightline beat the sort of representative field we imagine in the Breeders' Cup Classic it could flip-flop by the end of the season we know Baid's being retired we assume that Flightline will just have one more start now from a rankings perspective tomorrow's races then let's just have a look at these we'll start then with the sprint race Kin Ross is clear on on the global rankings at 21 Frankie Dottori dropping back down to six furlongs on ground he'll like if if you were betting on these rankings at the prices at the moment, you would be steaming into Kinross. Perfect power down at 99 and Naval Crown 143, best of the others. In the staying race, well, very elegant on her past exploits. They're still keeping her there at 36. And the other one I did mention earlier in the show, Ross Carberry at 90. Again, she might be the value play if you're looking for a rankings play here. The stayers race has Trushan still uh, right up there. At 52, he's he's way ahead of all the other stairs in this race. Quickthorn 113. Trushan has been borderline up there, fringing on the top 10 at, at, at times. But but Kiprios 
is right up there in that division at the moment. In terms of the uh, mile, the QE2, Inspiral's on top at 17, Modern Games at 28, and there's a massive break then to the others. Jadumi at 165, The Coming Force, and The Revenant, The Old Boy at 190. And you know about the, the big race. Adar is number one in the world on these rankings at the moment. Don't forget, they're not ratings. World's best racehorse ratings. Flightline is on top, but by top of these rankings, Adar is at 24, and then there's just an absolute country mile to Baybridge at 179, who's rather fallen from grace. So if you were going to back all the horses that are at the top of the list, you'd back Baid, Inspiral, Very Elegant, Kinross, and Trushan. Okay, you might have seen, if you were up early this morning, some pictures of some really quite bad, and in some places quite devastating, flooding in the state of Victoria and uh, around the, the greater Melbourne area. Uh, I did put a call into the VRC this morning, and they say that the Flemington Racecourse is fine. You could actually race on it today, and it would be just on the soft side. Um, but there's a wall there. There's no damage to the track ahead of the uh, the Melbourne Cup Carnival. Um, James Ferguson trains Deauville Legend, who's currently the favourite for the race, and he joins me now from his base in Newmarket. James, all well down there with, with Deauville Legend? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, Travelled over, not a bother on him. Um, he had a nice trot yesterday and a little bit of a, hat, a little hat crown this morning. So, um, no, all very positive. And, uh, you know, he was uh, bucking and screaming today. So uh, the journey obviously didn't take that much out of him. Uh, is he a pretty simple horse to deal with? When he wants to be, yes. <laughs> I mean, he's very, you know, he, he, he's, he's very laid back. You know, he's a lovely horse in the box. Um but obviously, you've, you've probably seen at the races, he will need a blind on to go in the stalls and stuff. So it's, it's, he's got little minor quirks, but, um, you know, in general, he's, he's pretty good. And, and just in terms of what happens between now and the, and the big race itself, uh, which is Tuesday, 1st of November, um, what do you do with him? How do you train him? Well, it's, it's obviously being three weeks, you know, it's, it's not like the Breeders' Cup when you can go there and just ease them into it. Um, he's obviously fit and well and um, worked nicely here before he left, but he will still need to be trained down there. I'm in a very fortunate position, Nick, whereas I'm probably one of the few trainers that have ever sent a horse down there that has travelled around and ridden, ridden round Werribee myself uh, when I travelled down Charlie's horses, so um, as a work rider down there and a, as his assistant. So I know the place very well. Um, so I feel very comfortable in the routine that we've, that we've got going for him down there, um, which is going to be basically a carbon copy of what I did before. Um, so he will, you know, carry, uh, he'll have, he'll have an easy week and then we'll start building up his training program into the race. Um, uh, Karen will come in and ride him a piece of work, um, next week sometime that suits both of us. And, um, and then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll prep him for the race. And having somebody with the experience and the talent of Karen McAvoy, uh, that m must be a huge source of comfort to you. I mean, yeah, huge. He's obviously won the race three times before. Um, he's a very good rider. Um, and more importantly, he's a very you know, he's a good friend because of the time he spent up here when he was um, second jockey at Godolphin. Um, so, know, you know we, know, we know each other well. And he's got a, an, a, a huge affiliation with Bon Ho in Australia having written many group one winners for him down there before. Um, so as far as the team's concerned, you know, we're, 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 we're very comfortable at the moment. Fantastic. It might just be that the first leg of a big intercontinental uh, double for you, because I gather the plan is to send mise-en-scene to the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland. Uh, what race would you, would you look to run her in? 
Um, if if she was to get in, which I think she will, uh, she'd run in the Phillies and Mares turf. Um, so no, and she's 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 been over there before. She knows the score, um, and and you know, Shakes um, I had in the Qatar team. You know, love having horses in the Breeders' Cup and in America, and you know, we're, we're just honoured to be able to fly the flag for for them for with her there. Do you feel there's a bit more more left there than than we've been able to see this year? Absolutely. You know, the beginning of the year uh, didn't go to plan, and we made the decision uh, to give her a break. Um, and uh, I was thrilled with her run at Sandown. Um, you know, I ran her over a, a mile on purpose, knowing that she wanted further. Um, I thought she ran a super race at Yarmouth, and um, you know, I, I think she was unlucky not to win. Um, to be honest with you, and um, you know, I, we've always liked her here. And to be quite honest, I think with the break that I gave from the summer, I think I've only. Ju- I think she is now at her peak. I think she's as good as I've ever had her. Well, we look forward to seeing her. We look forward to seeing Devil Legend in particular. Um, you're in relatively new premises at the moment as well. You're filling up, I'm sure. Uh, how have you done at the sales? Yeah, very well. You know, we've we've been very lucky and um, had a couple of orders to fill, and um, so we've. No, we've 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 um, you know, we've worked the sales hard and, and um, have, have done well, I think, and I'm really looking forward to next year. And hopefully, we, we manage to pick up a few more along the way. And um, no, really looking forward to the yards working out fantastic, and you know the team are doing a great job. So, you know, roll, roll on 2023. All right, thanks to all my guests today. Rishi's still here. Uh, Rishi, I'm going to see you later. We're embarking on a a, a very oh. exciting day, aren't we? Very excited! I cannot wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see you, Lucky. I mean, that's just a joy. Anyway, I'll see you two days in a row. We're we're doing we're doing a photo shoot for Racing TV's Jump Season campaign today. I am. I'm putting on my best gear. Do you think? Do you you think there'll be? Do you have your outfit lined up? Do you think there will? Yeah, suit and an overcoat. Um, (laughs) Do you think? do, Do you think we'll all be lined up in a in an arrowhead formation? It's my favourite. Is that the one where is it ever... formation? Does the tie have to go slightly skew with on one of us to make it look amusing? Has it ever been done before? I don't know. I don't know. But if it if it hasn't, it should have been. Right. That's to look forward to, but not as much as Champions Day when uh, Rishi will be very rich at the end of the day after Adar has won. But oh, um, hang on. Yeah, go on. Accidental agent in the finale in the Balmoral. He can't do that at his age, can he? Oh, you've just watched. Hang on, hold on. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna try a bit of. I know you've got to do the school drop off. Yeah, this has occasionally worked on okay. the show before, where we just put the call in. Hello, Eve. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you you are actually live with us on the podcast this morning. Um, Rishi Pas- Rishi Passad has tipped accidental agent in the Balmoral handicap at Ascot tomorrow, and I said I've, I've simply got to ring Eve to see whether this is on. Well, he's in great form. He loves Ascot, and uh, why not? He ran a great race last uh, last time. He just got stopped a couple of times. Um, otherwise, I think he would definitely be in place. I think you know he's got an each way shout. Uh, and is he? Is thank he? You. Is he, oh, there we are. Rishi's saying thank you. Is he on good form? Yeah, he's in great form. Just just seen him do his um, last canter before he runs and. He's in great form. He looks really happy, and uh, yeah, all good. Uh, and for those who need reminding, this is a horse that won the Queen Anne Stakes back in the day, and then you had a few reversals with him. But he's he's stormed back to life the last couple of seasons. Has run to a a very high level for a horse of his age. What's the what's the secret to him? Um, he just 
I mean, I think he must have had a few um, niggles. We never really found out too much what was wrong with him, but, he, you know, he was stopping because he was in pain. Um, and now he's just very happy. He's just a very happy horse. He um, gets turned out in the winter and then runs in the summer. It's great. How how much of a kick would it give you if he could have another another big hurrah on a big stage? Of course, it'd be huge. It'd be absolutely huge. We'd love it. Um, but he doesn't need to do anything to, for us to love him like we do. Um, apologies for the ambush, Eve. But while I've got you on the phone, I must congratulate you on five for five in a whole array of win wonderful races with Streets of Gold, who looks a really exciting two-year-old. Uh, what's going to be the plan with him after uh, after after Christmas? Um, I think we'll probably look at a um, trial. You know, he's raced 103 now. Um, maybe the free handicap, maybe the greenham, and then see where we go from there. I mean, you know, he's he's done nothing wrong, as you say. He just improves race on race. And he's the sort of horse you don't know how good he is until he isn't, because he just only does enough, and that's it. Eve, thanks for taking the call. Best of luck tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Cheers. Take care. There you are, Rish. It's a certainty. It's a certainty. And by, by the way, he's, you know, not only you mentioned the Queen Anne, there's so many races he's run at Ascot that have been, uh, you know, at a very high level. He's only beaten in the Victoria Cup uh, by one horse. I mean, he's got a, a wonderful record. And that's this season. You know, I know he's an old boy, but uh, I can't see him not running well along, as long as he gets a bit of, a bit of luck and, and, and clear sailing. Can be a massive draw race, that as well, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, and you know this is the time of the year that he struck at Ascot as well. So um, I, I, I'm sure that uh, with a clear run, he's 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 going to be involved. Good stuff. Let you going to do the school run. I'm going to do the same. I'll see you at Ascot in. Um, no, I won't. I'll see you at Sandown in a minute. I'll see you at see Ascot you at Sandown. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, that was Friday, October the 14th. Charlotte will be back this evening with the Saturday edition, building up to Champions Day, Kipco British Champions Day, and I will be back to recap it all with my guests on monday we will see you after the weekend bye bye you've been listening to nick luck daily brought to you in association with fitzdares the racehorse owners association and thoroughbred racing commentary mm-hmm.